Good morning, everyone. I'm glad you're here. You bring Calvary Chapel as we study the Word of God together. And I just want you to know that there are sheets out on uh, the welcome desk. And what they are are the, uh, what's, what's it called? The announcements for the week. You know, everything that we're going to be doing for the week. So make sure you really uh, look, take time to look at it. And we're going to be picking up again in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and then just starting the beginning of chapter 9. But we're going to be in Deuteronomy 8, picking up with verse 11. You know, I, and the last song we sang is so relevant to what I'm going to be teaching this morning. And it says, when I'm doing well, never let me seek a crown. And what that is referring to is that there's only one king, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. But sometimes when we're doing well, we want to become our own king. We want to seek a crown. And we don't ever want to do that. It's always God in the good times and in the bad times. It's always the Lord. And so let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name and how thankful we are for your word and how thankful we are for the body that is able to meet together and, and worship you and, and come to a place where our desire is to serve you beyond anything else. And so I pray, Lord, as we break open your word this morning, that you would use me to minister your truth to these, your precious people. And Father, I pray for the, for the anointing and filling of your Holy Spirit, that the words I speak would not be my own words, not the words of a man, but your words, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Anthony Pavia uh, has been really sick. It's not COVID, but he's been really sick, and uh, so they're taking him to the hospital. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we lift up Anthony Pavia. And Father, we don't know what this problem is that he's dealing with, but I pray, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit would touch his body and even bring healing before he gets to the hospital and bring peace to the rest of the family. We know all the trials that that family goes through, and I ask, Father, that you would just bring peace to Anna and the boys as well. And so we commit him into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, well, let's keep our brother in prayer throughout the day as well, not just now. You know, um, sometimes you hear people using the term, um, he's a self-made man. But the thing is, as believers, that should never be our desire to be a self-made man. Because think of what it's saying, a self-made man. I want to be a man of God. You want to be men and women of God, not self-made men and women. Because the minute we start putting ourselves in the position of saying, I did it, I'm self-made, it's just like I mentioned earlier, we're putting a crown on our own head. And so we have to realize that in Jesus Christ, we are always his humble servants and um, because we have to understand in Jesus only in Jesus do we have eternal life to come and peace in this life as we wait for that time to come now this portion that we're looking at in Deuteronomy chapter 8 starting with verse 11 is a warning not to forget the Lord's commands and judgments because he reminds the children of Israel a number of times before they enter into the promised land, don't forget his commands, don't forget his judgments. Because not only does the Lord give us commands, 
on how we should behave and what we should, be do, what we should do. But his word clearly points out his judgments on those who refuse that. He who has the Lord has life. He who does not have the Lord does not have life. I always consider that one of the most simple verses in the Bible. And you talk about, well, why don't you say it more clearly? Okay, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. It can't be any clearer than that. And so it's so important for us to understand that it's in Jesus Christ that we're able to accomplish anything. And it's only in Jesus Christ that we have eternal life. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 11 Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commands, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there is no water, uh, who brought water uh, for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know why, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. All of God's testings, all of God's humblings is to do good in the end. Then uh, you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hands have gained me this wealth. And so now you understand why I was emphasizing that portion, when I'm doing well, don't let me seek a crown. And the whole concept that we can't be looking you know, to ourselves to be a self-made man or woman, it's always the Lord. We just need to trust in him. You know, there was a book that was written years ago, and the title of it was Your Emotions, Your Emotions, Can You Trust Them? And here's what I have to say. You can't trust your emotions. Your emotions will take you all over the place. And so fear, anxiety, frustration, anger, self-pity, they're just going to trample you down. We can't trust our emotions. We have to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. His ways are always the right way. You know, we're living in a time of, of uh, not, it's not only political uncertainty, but it's even the division that we feel politically in our nation. But what we have to understand is God didn't call us in order to fight those kinds of entities. He, ca he called us to proclaim the kingdom of God to the lost around us. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we all have political points of view and vents and this and that, but understand, it's what the Lord, the Lord is always in charge. And whatever the Lord's will is, it's his will. I mean, we don't like to think of this, but more people and greater evangelism and greater revivals have taken place during persecution than when things were going well. And so what do we want? Do we want to be at ease? Do we want things to be well with us? Or do we want to see the kingdom of God expanded? I don't know how the Lord's going to do it. Maybe he's going to do it through, you know, the way we think sh things should be, but maybe he might not. It's just a matter of us trusting in the Lord and not trusting in the flesh. Because scripture tells us the flesh counts for what? Nothing. And so it's only 
what the Lord is bringing our way. And uh, what a betrayal to, for, you know, he's talking about, he's reminding them of everything he's done for them. And so now that you're coming into the land, remember all that I've done for you and all that I'll continue doing for you. Because what a betrayal it is for any of us to forget those who helped us along the way. It might not only be family members, it might not only be, you know, close friends, but maybe along the way there have been those that have helped you along, that have encouraged you in the Lord. And so we have to understand we can't forget them. You know, and it's like, well, that's past now. In the same way, we can't forget all the Lord has done for us. You know, sometimes I think we forget where we were in the miry clay when the Lord lifted us, lifted us out and washed us by the blood of the Lamb and endowed us with His righteousness and gave us His Holy Spirit in order to live for Him. We have to remember what He has done and not turn our backs on Him when things are going bad or good. Because we're going to find out in a moment, sometimes it's easier to turn your back on the Lord when things are going good. Now, we must be at a place where we recognize that the Lord is just as sweet today to us as he was the day we first tasted of him. You know, I, I love in Psalms, David uh, wrote in 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, think about that first time that you really tasted of the Lord. I mean, I know it's kind of corny, but I, re I can remember the day I committed my life to Jesus Christ. And when I woke up the next morning, the sky was bluer. <laughs> the birds were singing more beautifully. I mean, it was like, wow, this is so awesome. Well, I don't ever want to forget that. And I can even remember after I'd been walking with the Lord for a while, uh, an old saint who thought he was doing me uh, a good service, warned me. He said, you know, it's not always going to be this way. You know, he said, you have to be ready. Things are going to, you know, cool off, and you're not going to have these same feelings. Well, I still do have those same feelings, and I'm glad I didn't cool off, and I don't think any of us want to cool off in our admiration and our thankfulness for all that God has done for us. You know, we were on the short track to hell. No one spoke of hell more than Jesus Christ. Did you know that? your little own, own study if you want. Hell is a real place. But there is no one in hell because God chose to put them there. They're in hell because they chose not to accept the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus says, and I'm going to throw them in hell. Jesus is saying, here's the way to life. Come on, here's the way to life. If you don't come this way, that is where you're going. And we have to keep that in mind because... In times like this, it's so easy to be distracted at what our real calling is, what our real job is, and that is to bring people into the kingdom of God, to be his witnesses, to share our faith. You know, in Hebrews 13, in verse 15, it says this, Therefore, um, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So it's so important for us to be continually giving the sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And that's not only in the good times, but also in the bad times. And so we must always have that continuous sacrifice. And it's interesting, it calls it a sacrifice of praise. Because when things are going great, it's all praise God, praise God. That's not really, a, that's easy. 
But sometimes when things are going wrong, things are difficult, things aren't working out the way you think, maybe you're facing tragedy, maybe you're facing great difficulty, then it might be more understandable to, to realize what the sacrifice of praise is. I give you praise, Lord, no matter what's going on, in the good and in the bad, because your name is worthy. Now, we always have to consider all that the Lord has done for us. Just like he brought water out of the flinty rocks, the children of Israel were marching in the, in the wilderness, they had no water, and they started moaning and groaning and crying out to God. And then, you know, we know the whole account of Moses was supposed to speak to the rock, and he struck it three times. But, we all know. but anyway, God, out of the flinty rock, brought all the water that they need. And we have to understand that it is still the Lord who brings us the water of life, who brings us the water for refreshing, if we just look to him. And he brings this water oftentimes out of the flinty rocks of our heart. You know what I mean. Even as believers, there are times that our heart becomes hard. Not necessarily against God, but just hard against life. And it makes it difficult for us to see the beautiful living water that Jesus wants to flow out from us. Because difficulties, hardship, worries, and this and that. And yet, our heart can be broken open and this water can come pouring out. And so even in our stress and even in our difficulties, we need to be the supply of water to those around us who don't know Jesus Christ. And the thing we have to remember, too, is when we have the greatest thirst is when the water tastes the best, isn't it? And sometimes when you're going through the greatest difficulties, and, and I'm sure all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are those times you're going through difficulties and hardships and you feel, oh, just, everything just seems to be going upside down. And all of a sudden you feel a refreshing from the Lord. It's so sweet. And all of a sudden it feels like you're being lifted up out of the miry clay. It feels like you're being lifted up out of all of your despair and all of your worry and all of your concern. And now you're seeing the glory of the Lord and you just desire to reach out and touch. And he's there. He's there to give us the peace and the joy that our hearts you know, are looking for. Um, we must always consider that Jesus Christ desires to bless us. It's never anything that we have to earn. Well, if I do this or that, then Jesus is going to bless me. He always desires to bless us. But we have to be willing to receive that blessing. And sometimes we harden our own heart to it but to just be open to hear from the Lord. You know, uh, well, never mind. I'm going to tell a, a little story, but I won't. Um, we must consider all that the Lord not only has done for us in the past, but all that the Lord is doing for us now and all that the Lord has planned for us in the future. And we've mentioned before that oftentimes... When things are going well, it's easy to forget the Lord. We talked about that last week. Because, oh, everything's going great. And that's what he was warning them about. He said, you're going to go into land, and you're, you're going to increase your gold, you're going to increase your possessions, you're going to increase you know, your, all of your, your... Everything's going to be great. And he said, when everything is great, don't forget me. But sometimes when things are going poorly and we're really distracted and discouraged we're on our knees god help me 
But when things are going great, it's kind of like, okay, I've got this now, Lord. Well, no, we don't. It's always the Lord, even when things are going well. In fact, I believe that when things are going well, we need to even be on our knees praising the Lord and thanking Him even more and recognizing how much we need Him. All that I have is a gift from Him. And um, we have to remember that He was with us in the deserts of our life, and He will also be with us in the oasis of our life. He's always there. It's never a matter that the Lord is with me here and he's not with me there. I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, poem, and I don't know exactly how it goes, but this was the, the thrust of it. This guy is talking to the Lord, and he's saying, you know, in footprints in the sand, have you ever seen that? And there's two sets of footprints in the sand, and one was this man and the other was Jesus walking with him. And he said, Lord, I just want to ask you this one question. I noticed when I was looking at the footprints of the sand of my life, your footprints were always alongside of me. But it seems like during the most difficult times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. And Jesus said to him, because those are the times I carried you. And there are plenty of times that the Lord carries us. Because we can't even do it on our own. We don't even know what to think. We don't even know the right direction to go. We don't even know how we should respond to something or handle it. But if we just trust him, he carries us through it all. Because we have to understand that when we forget all that the Lord has done for us and we try to walk through the wilderness on our own, the fiery serpents are still there. When you get saved, the fiery serpents don't just automatically disappear. They're there. But the thing is, when you're walking close to the Lord, they can't touch you. But when you allow yourself to, you know, kind of fall away and go into the flesh and this and that, the fire serpents are still there and they want to pull you down. And that's why we have to trust the Lord. Probably more in, in uh, the good times than the bad, but even in the bad times, when you think there's no hope, trust Jesus. He has a plan. Because... The Lord is present always in our need and also in our plenty. And how wonderful it is when we're willing to seek him in abundance and we're also willing to seek him, you know, in our need. Either way, be seeking the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've given me. Thank you for the peace I have, Lord. But, Lord, I know I have this because of you. Let me never forget that, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you every day. Because in our need, it's so easy to say, Jesus, help me with this. Jesus, help me with that. But he always wants to help us. His love is continuous. His love never wanes or sways like ours can. His love is always perfect and out there for us. Verses 18 and 20 of this chapter. And you shall remember the Lord your God, who it is he who gives you power to get wealth. What are we talking about as far as wealth is concerned today? I don't think it's money. I think it's peace. I think it's joy. I, th I think it's just the salvation that we know that we have in Jesus Christ. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. Verse 20. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before you, you shall perish. 
because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. And I think the Lord, you know, speaking through Moses, is reminding the people of the fact that there was another generation that Jesus had brought right to the edge of the promised land. And he gave them all the promises that he's giving this generation. Go in and possess it. I'll go before you. I'll, I'll destroy the giants. You go in and possess it. And they were fearful, and they didn't. And for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. And that generation of fighting men died and never entered in. And I think he's kind of reminding them of that. Because we're at this place, he's, he's showing them, we're ready to cross over. And as we're going to read in a moment, he's going to tell them, there are giants. There are difficulties. But I'm giving you the victory. Trust in me. And... Um, Did I read that whole portion? Did I read verse 20? I did. Okay. And so how sobering it is to know that there can be times that we forget the Lord. And when we do, the consequences are very grave. I don't ever want to be in a place where I forget the Lord. You know, sometimes it's not even a matter of whether things are going good or whether things are going bad. Sometimes it's a matter of just being distracted by the things of this world. We can be so distracted by this and so distracted by that that we forget the Lord. God is on the throne. He's on the throne. Nothing or no one can ever remove him from that position. And he has given promises, just like he did to Israel, he's given promises to us, the church. And he's given promises that he is going to come back and take, take his church out of the world. And for seven years, while he's bringing his judgment in the world because he hasn't appointed us to wrath, not as believers, and so seven years when he's pouring out his judgment on this world, we're going to be with the Lord in paradise. Can you imagine that? I mean, one day, maybe sooner than we think, you know, these mortal bodies are going to be shed and we're going to have spiritual bodies and meet the Lord in the air. And so we always have to keep our focus there and not allow ourselves to be distracted by the things of life and the things of, world, of the world. Because here's the point. For those of you that work outside the home, you have to go to work, you know, you pack your lunch or whatever you do, and you have to go to work, and you have to do your job, and, you know, your job, maybe you enjoy it, maybe it's mundane, but you have to work at your job for eight or ten hours or whatever it is, and you keep, you know, doing this and that. And then you come home, you know, you have the same routine. And yet, but yet, we can remember the Lord through all of it. You don't have to be on your knees to pray. You don't have to have uplifted hands to pray. You know, all through the day, you can be just praising the Lord and thanking Him for all that He's given you. Thanking Him for the job you have. Thanking Him for sustaining you. And so we have to remember, we always have to be keeping our focus in the Lord. And we don't have to allow life to take that away. Have you ever found yourself, some situation comes up, some may, maybe discouraging situation comes up, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, what are we going to do? What Did the Lord, you know, step down from the throne? Did his promise of answering prayer somehow disappear? Is our trust in him waning because we think this circumstances is, is greater than God? I hope not. We have to be willing to cry out to the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's, it's, uh, and, and I know, let me just say what I'm going to say. One of the most difficult things 
for us to face is death. I think for everyone. The last enemy to be conquered is death. Where oh, death is your victory. Where oh, death is your sting. And, and it is an enemy. But the reality is God has given us promises beyond death. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think anyone's walking around and, you know, you go up to a brother or sister in the Lord and, you, you, you know, because we know what happens when you die, you go to be with the Lord and you walk up to a brother and sister in the, or a sister in the Lord and you say, I hope you die. We don't say that, you know. I mean, it would sound pretty crude. But the reality is if they did die, they'd be with the Lord. You know, goodbye, cruel world. You know that old euphemism? They'd be with the Lord. But yet there's something in us that God has given us to persevere in serving Him. And we don't know what our days are. The God, knows the number of, uh, God knows the number of our days. It tells us so in Scripture. But we need to persevere in the Lord and follow Him. And we have to realize that when plenty does come our way, with plenty comes responsibility. And one of the greatest responsibilities we have when plenty comes our way is being humble before the Lord. That's a great responsibility because the opposite of humility is pride. And pride comes before what? The fall. So we have to make sure when things are going well, we're never, well, this is the work of my own hand. It's always the Lord. And now in chapter 9, I'm just covering three verses, we're going to find it is always the Lord who gives the victory, the strength, and also we have to understand the flesh, the flesh accomplishes nothing. It's just all from the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, starting with verse 1, Here, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and go in, and go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourselves. I mean, he's telling them, I want you to go in and I want you to dis, dispossess people that are greater and mightier than yours, than you. You, you know, if that takes faith. Like if you're going into battle and, and your commanding officer is saying, well, we're going against a force that is greater and mightier than us, you know, be like, well. But in the Lord, it's confidence that we have because if God be for us, who can be against us? Cities great and fortified up to the heavens, a people great and tall, the descendants of Anakim, whom you know and of whom you heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. First off, this starts off, and I love the way it starts off, saying, Hear, O Israel. Israel means belonging to God. So he's saying, Listen, you who belong to God. And in the, the phraseology, as it's used here in the Hebrew, when it says, hero Israel, it's like calling someone to attention. You know what I mean? And, and it's, um, you know, there's, when I was in the military, there's some of us that have been in the military. And when you were called to attention, now the commanding officer or the, uh, you know, your, your platoon sergeant didn't come out and say, attention. He was like, hut. And when they said attention, you stood at attention. Well, what's the purpose of standing at attention? Is it just so you look stiff and, and you know, noble or whatever? The purpose of standing at attention is that orders were going to be given. You know, attention, and then, you know, whatever. The orders are going to be. Now, if a civilian was in your midst, and the platoon sergeant or commanding officer cried out, Ten hut, they'd be like, 
What does that mean? Well, as believers, there are times that the Lord is crying out, Ten hut! And he wants us to be at attention to hear his voice, to understand what's going on. Unbelievers might not get it. They might not understand. But I think we're living in a time that the Lord is saying, attention. Hear, O Israel. Hear, my people. Listen. Because that time is coming. You know, for us, in a sense, passing over the Jordan is like passing over the desert of the flesh into the victory of the Spirit. The flesh counts for nothing, Scripture tells us. It's all the Spirit. In Ephesians, if you want to turn here quickly to Ephesians chapter 2, and go to verse 8. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. And I'm going to read verses 8 through 10 of Ephesians 2. And it's a verse we all know, but I think we need to read all the verses together to get the full understanding of it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So it's God's grace. It's free gift. But we have to receive it by faith. I believe, Lord, what you've promised. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, nothing you can earn. Verse 9 not of works, lest anyone should boast. And a lot of times that's where we end, quoting that verse. But look at what verse 10 says. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has called us to cross over from the, the, the harsh desert of the flesh into the water and the oasis of the Spirit, to serve him and to do what he's called us to do, that we can testify of, of the fact that there is a free gift of salvation to anyone who would call upon his name. And I think we're living in a time that there might be more people open to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ than any other time, at least in, in my lifetime, because of everything that's going on. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about what your political persuasion is. I'm talking about the obvious unrest, the division in our nation. And, 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 and you know, maybe at the, during the time of the Civil War they had that feeling, but we, we can sense that. And maybe this is the time for us to be crying out the truth of hope, the hope of Jesus Christ. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about salvation. It's about walking with him. I think that's where our attention needs to be. Because when we walk in the Spirit, it is always the Lord who gives us the victories. It's never our maneuvering or scheming. You know, how many times have we done that? Well, I think if I do this or I do that, I'll do this and do that, do this and that. And I remember, and I won't get into all the details, but a number of years ago, I had an opportunity um, that was a very good opportunity for me. And I really wanted to go, but I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to trust the Lord, whatever the Lord wants. And, you know, all these things come up that kind of show you that isn't the direction the Lord wanted you to go. And then you start saying, well, the devil's really coming against me. You know, I know this is the Lord. The, the, the devil's really trying to stop me. And you end up pushing down all the doors because you start maneuvering and scheming in your own heart and you end up going, you know, taking that opportunity. And then once you have the opportunity fulfilled in your life, you're like, I hate this. <laughs> this is awful. 
Why didn't I listen to the Lord? And so we have to make sure that we don't ever allow ourselves to be in that place where in our own scheming and maneuvering, we are trying to do something rather than simply trusting the Lord. And um, because remember again, those who really didn't trust the Lord never crossed over. Well, there's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. You know, I don't. I, I don't think the Lord wants us to. And the Lord said, "Okay, that's what you want. Go ahead. You won't go in. Your children will, but you won't go in." And they marched and perished in the wilderness. So when we walk in the Spirit, it is the Lord who gives us all our victories, all of them. And even the children of Anakim, the giants, all of us have giants that stand before us. But whenever a giant comes before us, we need to trust the Lord. Because in in Romans 8.31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now understand, these were real giants. These weren't just metaphorically giants. They were real giants. We're going to find as, as, as we continue on, you know, in Scripture, who these giants were. I mean, Goliath, you know, was, was about 13 feet tall. And I know some people when they, you know, so many cubits, but there's a long, anyway. But he was about 13 feet tall. In other words, his head would have touched our ceiling in the center. He was a real giant. And David was a real guy. And yet he slew him with a stone and cut Goliath's head off with Goliath's own sword. And these people were going into a land where they were facing a whole you know, nation of giants. But God said, I'm giving you the victory. And he did. And there might be all kinds of giants in our life that we're facing, difficulties, struggles, whatever. Trust the Lord, and he will give you the victory. Now, in our lifetime, we have to understand that there are difficulties to come. And, um, you know, sometimes people get confused. Oh, how could this happen? Or how could I ever overcome this? I mean, maybe this is kind of surprising to some of you, but probably you're going to face difficulties in life. Have you ever had that happen? Of course we have. But in the Lord, we have the victory. I love what it tells us in Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and he said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So no matter what difficulties are coming our way, trust the Lord. If the Lord calls you to do something, he will accomplish it by his own arm, not our flesh. So we need to be able to, willing to trust him. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the Lord says, you know, all these giants in land, he said, they're just going to be consumed by my fire. It's just like if you, if you have a forest fire and you have a, a, a bunch of, a big, huge wall of dry timbers, and dry timbers say, well, I'm going to stop this raging fire. Well, they're just going to feed the fire. And we have to understand that there might seem to be a lot of obstacles that stand in our way, but when the glory of the Lord is with us, it's just going to be consumed. And it's going to lead to his victory even being, you know, more beautiful. In Christ, we have both righteousness and strength. And in him, therefore, we should never take counsel of our fears. We should never take counsel of our worries. Because he is all-sufficient. And his glory is great and bountiful. And I'm just here to encourage every one of you 
that no matter what we're facing in life, whether you're looking at you know, the political environment around you, whether you're looking at your own life and, and, and difficulties and hardships you're facing, whatever, God is in charge. He'll give you the victory. It's a matter of us simply trusting in him, saying, Lord, I surrender. All to you I surrender. All to you I freely give. And it's only when we do that that he's able to use us. I mean, can you imagine if you... Um, um, I, I can remember over the years there have been many times that Vi and I have uh, scraped wallpaper off a wall. Have you ever done that? Now, can you imagine if you had a scraper and you're trying to scrape it and then someone put a mechanism on the scraper and the scraper's going out of your hand and doing whatever it wants and starts digging the wall out and all... Wait, wait, wait. The scraper only has value as it's in the hand of the person who knows how to use it. Well, we have to understand that we're in the hands of the Lord. He's the only one who knows how to use us. And so we have to trust him and not in our own devices try to figure it out. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name and how thankful we are for your love, for your truth, and for your holiness. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would encourage us through these difficult times and help us to look to you and to you alone because you not only are our strength, you're, you also are our high calling. You are our rock. You are our fortress. And in you alone will we trust. And so we pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And God bless you, my dear friends.